0: Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential in discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff, and I'm here with Pastor Matt. And Pastor Matt, who is our glorious guest today?
1: Our glorious guest. Yes, Yes. we have here with us our middle school pastor. His name is Pastor Ryan and I had the joy of getting the chance to meet Pastor Ryan before he ever even came on staff here. He was a pastor over at a church back then. It was called East Valley Foursquare, and then it became the Life Center. And uh, him and I ended up going to a Jesus Culture like youth leaders meeting out in downtown Sac. Wow, that sounds very hipster place. And spent some time, and I remember driving him and another one of his buds home because they didn't have a ride. And uh, so we got to know each other that way, and then he went on to work at William Jessup, working with church relations, and so him and I connected again through there. And then when we were in the middle of looking for a middle school pastor just a couple years ago, Ryan and I were touching base a lot, and uh, I got a phone call going, hey, my wife and I have been talking, and uh, before you know it, ball's rolling. And Ryan has now been here as the middle school pastor shy of two years, right? Yep. Yeah, so so we have actually here in this room— like the whole, like three different youth pastors, but we're all like either current or former yeah. youth pastors at Bridgeway. Like yeah. this is super fun. The wisdom ball, all put together. Yeah, and I, and I have to, ask, to think. I have to we'll ask see
0: Ryan. Um, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it just Jardin or Dejardan? I hear it so many different ways. How how should we pronounce it?
2: Yeah, because I'm trying to, um, first off, thank you guys for having me on this thing. I'm excited to be with you, who I love hanging out with anyways. But because I'm trying to still be romantic with my wife, I say the super French way, the Desjardins, Um, but most people just say Desjardins because that's how it's spelled. Like Desjardins.
0: So next time I see you, I'm just going to call you Desjardins, just like that. Desjardins. We, we, we. Yeah. we. Cool. Well, um, you can just say DJ for short. He loves that. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to start calling you that too. In
2: high school, they called me Des. So, mm. yep. There Got were a it. lot of Ryans in the late 80s born. So. <laughs>
0: Got it. Well, um, here at Bridgeway, we just had promotion weekend uh, just a couple weeks ago. And that pretty much means every student in our next-gen department moves up in a grade. In fact, a lot of churches in this area did the same type of thing. And Pastor Ryan and I are always in tandem during these weekends because we're working together, kind of to, dealing with their transitions from fifth grade to sixth grade, from eighth grade to, to freshman in high school. And uh, the first question that we would just want to ask you, Pastor Ryan, as, as we talk about this idea of, of promoting a student from um, one season of life to the next, and since you're so good at connecting with middle schoolers. Can you tell us kind of the main, um, the toughest part of moving from a, a middle school kind of environment to a high school environment for for these teenagers?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's one of those things where for me, the transition is more of an elevation of some of the glimmers that they're already seeing. So a perfect example is many students are already dealing with all the things that when we were growing up, some of us, and you too, Matt, but when we were growing up- I know,
1: I'm the old one in the room. I know. <laughs> so. But
2: when uh, when I was growing up, our mine was the first. When I was in middle school, I actually had a pager, because uh, cell phones weren't like a, everyone had them yet. Uh, What's so a pager? I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now it's only like doctors and drug dealers. But- um, <laughs> But because they're already getting exposed to so much, whether it be things like pornography or it be things like drugs, it be things like that. They're getting little glimmers of that in middle school um, at a strikingly early age. But it's being elevated to a new level at high school because the socioeconomic, nope, cut it because of uh, the relationship structures changing as well. They're going to school with a lot more students, yeah. a lot more people. I remember when I was in middle school, my best of friends were people that I grew up in the same neighborhood. And then I got to high school and we had different gifts and different talents and played different sports and stuff. So those people I was so close to, by the end of high school, we were barely acquaintances yeah, and barely friends. So it's just a huge change. And it's a huge change from going to the big man or lady on campus in eighth grade, whether that's a middle school or a K through eight, you're from the big one to you're a 15 year old, 14 year old, 15 year old, and you're going to school with 18 year olds who can vote. (laughs) So it's one of those things where structures start to change. So it can be a really hard transition. Um, for kids, uh, when they're exposed to it quickly in that way,
0: yeah, I think that's really good because here's the reality: is I think for parents who who are listening to this podcast, it's it's kind of hard for us to re- to remember what it was like. From middle school to high school, and what you just said, there's so many different changes. I mean, even right. talking about you know our, our second podcast on on this whole season, I uh, was talking about the mind of a teenager and how even throughout from middle school to high school, their mind is is changing so much. Right. So when you have all these different contexts, like. Going to school with an eighteen-year-old, or or having um, different things that you want to spend time with, like it's it's so crucial to understand that. that yeah, transition. I think right?
1: the I think the relational piece that you brought up is really key for parents to kind of hear and understand because sometimes they think when their students have already started into middle school or adolescence, and if they did some stuff and they have good groups of friends. That's awesome, but you're still having to vigilantly watch that again when they hit high school. Right. Because when you said that, I was remembering back that I don't think any of my close friends in middle school I I carried with me into high school. I had a different group of friends once I got into high school. Now, now I had some people from church that I think we carried on from middle school— all the way through, but it was different. It wasn't the same. And, uh, and so like, that's, it's important because then you're watching them their freshman year, kind of having to reset up their identity and their vision. Right.
2: Right. There's a different cultural pressure too at, when they're in eighth grade, they want to be the, you know, the cool ones, the two, too cool for school kind of structure and all of that. But we got to remember middle schoolers, I kind of put it this way. I love working with middle schoolers because it, they really are this balance between play and purpose. Mm-hmm. So they're working on identity, but they still want to play. They still want to have a good time and all that. And then Cliff, you know, when you get to the high school age, they're more like, I don't want to play. I want to yeah, hang exactly. and I want to you I'm know, so do cool. all of that. So they're learning how to do that cultural shift. Yeah. Where they still want to be filled with life, which I think is a God thing and a good thing. But they're trying to answer to cultural narratives as well. So it's tricky. And that's such a drastic change.
0: You're so right. From the where when they're eighth grade, they're like, yeah, we're ready to have fun. And then as soon as they get to freshman year of high school, they're like, oh, I'm too cool. But I think it's because of the influences of
1: the 17, 18-year-olds. Yeah, absolutely. and, and, And high school. So So, so this brings up a good secondary question, which is, you know, like you talked about this glimmer a little bit, Ryan. What struggles do you think that high school teens experience that middle school students don't experience in the same way? So like those glimmers that you're talking about, what are the ones that you are watching as you're looking up at the high schoolers and you talk with Cliff and you've worked with high schoolers before? What are the things that you're seeing that middle schoolers aren't dealing with on the same level, but now they're shifting into it? Right. Absolutely. Maybe your top three.
2: um, I think – we have have to absolutely say that it's true in our culture um, of family pressure dynamics. As far as, I mean, I have parents who were who you guys know, incredibly gifted in uh, what they're called to do with their life in business structure in in the marketplace. Um, students feel that pressure in high school like they don't in middle school, like, Oh, I need to go to the school that my parents went to, or do I need to do this? Do I need to do what's going to make family proud? Do I, do I need to do these things in order to earn, um, approval and they're, desperate for approval at a whole new level because they're becoming their own. Mm. Um, they're becoming their own identity, their own person. We know that from um, even what's happening in a high schooler's mind and it happens yeah. in middle school first, but they really are becoming their own. And it's hard because whether we tend to or not, the family pressures, the cultural pressures and all of that. I mean, we live in a culture that says- Go to school, um, and get a good job, make lots of money, and that's what you know you're gonna be able to say if you're the best of the best, so to speak. True yeah. success. True success. Whatever that I'm word. I'm doing is supposed air quotes
1: to. for those of you that are listening because you can't see my air quotes. He's
2: very good at the air quotes too, right, Cliff? Yeah, he's doing um, a great job. Yeah, he's done them before, but yeah, so that's my answer to that one, and you know, I think that's one of them, and I think another one is we're already talking about it because eighth graders, it's funny how it hits hard. I have sixth graders to eighth graders in the three years, the drastic change in these students' lives. Um, Eighth graders, they're already talking about and then high school, they're living it hardcore as far as uh, relationships, (laughs) boyfriend, girlfriend stuff, all of that. But middle school, they're already like, he likes her and she likes him. But it's funny, they do that in eighth grade, but then sixth graders are like, some of them are like, you doing what? You know, they still have the cootie, the cootie cleanse thing going oh, the on. Cootie so, cleanse. so it's interesting and it's, you have to be really strategic for middle school because you're ministering to both, um, in that drastic change in their life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it was one of those shifts that happened. This is somewhat of a digression, but when they started making junior high into middle school, it created right. the same dynamic that freshmen had with seniors, but now it was sixth graders, with eighth graders, but that's a more drastic change because like a sixth grader can, like you said, still be very much in a play mode and a child, and then an eighth grader can be very much functioning more like a adolescent teen. And so that, that contrast comes up. What about you, Cliff? What are some things that you see that are maybe struggles that high school teens experience that you feel like middle school students haven't experienced in the same way and they're coming into, because this is what's kind of cool to have in the room. Yeah. You know, Ryan watches it and then you watch it from the other side and you both are, are doing that.
0: Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things I would agree with uh, what Ryan was saying is this this idea of pressure. I feel like there's a lot more pressure once they transition into high school because they have to decide starting freshman year, okay, what AP classes am I'm, and I'm, am I gonna take next year. There's kids right now that are taking A P classes sophomore year of high school. Stupid I didn't take AP classes till I was a senior and I still failed the AP test and I'm still alive. So I just want to tell you if your child did not pass AP test, they will still be able to live their life. It is okay. But um <laughs> the pressure that you have in in high school is just is just unreal. And what I when I love about speaking to middle schoolers when Pastor Ryan has me come in and, and speak to them is they have this just whole life giving like they want to make the best out of their life. They love having fun, they love learning new things and you know, I, I wish I knew what happens when they transition to high school. I don't know. Maybe it's the pressure. Maybe it's the influences of older people. Maybe this this idea of, air quotes, being cool, right? Um, but it, it's it's those two main things that I experience and see um, every year. And I'm always, I, I'm talking to my volunteer team all the time. How can we create an atmosphere that encourages them to be creative, to be excited, to, well, I want to have fun, because uh, Pastor Ryan and MSM do a great job at doing that. Um, and so I want us to do that that same thing too. So, yeah, that's and, what I and think And sometimes
1: about the freshmen that come in, they're the energy. Yeah, That they bring exactly. in the fun back into the group. And then some of those older kids realize, oh, like, yeah, we could have fun. Yeah, <laughs> like, every, I forgot every, that we could do this. Every and, year, uh, the first, first week, the new freshmen come in. I, I go into their
0: small group and I said, hey, this energy that you have, don't ever... Like, let it go. Like, keep pushing through. I don't care what the seniors are doing on their phones or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like, don't
1: hold it back anymore. Yeah,
0: yeah, Just like, let you have the freedom to be yourself. And I think that's that's what's great about the difference between middle school and high school. Middle school, I feel like there's so much more freedom. And then you get to high school, and then something happens where that freedom breaks. Mm. And so, if you're a parent listening to this podcast, um, it's, it's important to know this transition because if the freedom is being cut off somewhere at school, then it's kind of our job as those who take care of them outside of school. How can we give them even more freedoms to be themselves, right? Because that way, when they get to school, they're like, well, I've been I've been this crazy and weird my whole life. Like, why should I change when I go to school or when I'm learning, you know?
1: Yeah. That brings up one thought I have, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong on it. You're wrong. Because you, you have that. Okay, let's move on <laughs> to the next point. Uh, no, uh, I feel like... The move from middle school to high school. In middle school, there's not as many of those different identity groups that you have, versus when you get into high school. You know how, like, and I'm talking about those stereotypes or those, you know, you have the goth person or you have the emo person or you have the the sports person, and you have that slightly in middle school, but it's not as like separated in there, and people are kind of blocked out. Would you guys agree with that? That that becomes more distinctive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think part of it is, um, people will tend to find places where they feel comfortable. So when you look at middle schools, in most cases that I've seen, I know there's obviously exceptions in all of that. Uh, middle schools are often multiple middle schools are going to the high school. It's becoming a much bigger population, uh-huh. um, of students. So, they find more who are like them and find that kind of safe click space that's one thing that does naturally start very much still in middle school as we work with middle schoolers but we try hard to create this we culture you know that's why we have those three w's that we say all the time the three doves worship word and we because community is so important um, to all of us as we are created these young people are at an age where they're going to run after a community that looks the safest and most like them. And that can be dangerous, um, but it can also be comforting to them. So that's why it naturally happens in uh-huh. that way. Um, like I was talking about with my friend groups, me and my best friend growing up, uh, Mike, he was a very good basketball player ended up playing at Sac state and you know, all of that. I mean, he was a good basketball player, Um, and I played a little bit of basketball, but because football was everything, I would fall out, foul out by the fourth quarter, every game (laughs) when I played basketball and I was a little too aggressive in that, which, you know, Cliff, I'm not that way anymore. Absolutely Uh, not. No, I'm nice, but (laughs) I, uh, I think people naturally go to what they feel is a safe place and it's our responsibility and even our responsibility as parents who are listening to this thing to help them realize, um, where our safety really comes from, um, it happens in community, and that doesn't mean people who look, act, and talk exactly like we do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like these these type of conversations. Yeah, because a lot of you parents, either you have students that are going through this transition into high school, or you remember when your kids did, mm-hmm. and you have younger siblings of theirs that are on that track, and you're watching that what happened between that middle school and high school change, and you're wondering, okay, how can I do that differently now with my other my other kids. Yeah, or absolutely. So,
0: And so Ryan, um, as you know, we have multiple parents listening in on this podcast wanting to glean a little bit more information about their teenager. And um, a question that kind of came to mind for me that I know you'll be able to share is, what do parents need to know about the difference between a preteen and a full-blown teenager. So take it away, kind of a high school, middle school You don't have to go too biological on that either. Okay. uh, But what what do you see the difference between like a preteen, which is kind of what you see that sixth, seventh grade, a little bit of eighth grade, but what's the difference between preteen, full-blown teenager?
2: Right. No, absolutely. I think um, I see little bits of it in middle schools, but I talked about that whole kind of balance that I, that I said with middle schoolers, kind of this play and purpose where they're kind of toggling in this. Well, one thing I noticed with high schoolers, and you could speak to if you see this as true, I think that play, um, the play portion gets replaced with performing. Oh. Uh, they want to perform for people. They want to win approval. You know, they're comparing their lives to other people's highlight reels on social media. You know, they they want to present uh, or perform in this way that oh. is uh, culturally Admirable, um, exciting, and something that would make others want to be around them, even if they're not wanting to be around themselves. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. Mind blown right
2: there. That's
0: a really good point. I like that. Uh, Insert explosion tracks. Yes. Because my mind's just going, because I see that even when I was in huh. high school. Like, I, I wanted to perform in middle school. I didn't even know what performing meant. In high school, I was in all the plays. You know, I wanted to look cool in front of my friends, wanted to perform in sports you know because even we, middle school is is sports as competitive as high school not like, even close not even close yeah
1: yeah and the only pressure that they get from performance when they're younger is only if it's pushed on by their parents or a coach absolutely and, uh, but that's not across the board and right. so i think that's a i think that's a huge a huge piece um i also find that um, if I can give a little thought yes. on this too, is that okay? Cliff? That is okay. So, <laughs> uh, Pastor Matt, if you I don't didn't know, I don't need his permission, I'm but gonna, uh, out of respects and uh, out of humor, I'm I'm going to enter your
0: statement. Though, So you know, b- before we found Pastor Ryan, uh, Pastor Matt moved into the interim middle school
1: pastor. This
0: role, is true, this and you did true. that for how long? Three, four months?
1: Yeah, about four months. About four
0: months. Yeah. So. Pastor Matt in those four months has learned so much about yeah. middle schoolers. I mean, so. I did
1: middle school before I came to Bridgeway. That's but, true. um Are but, you sure about but that? But I relearned the the art of middle school energy. Yeah. <laughs> again. And uh and I was very glad for when Ryan came <laughs> to uh to uh to come and take that uh that and run with it. Uh but one of the things I, I've always noticed between the difference between preteen and kind of full blown, and some of it is start. It's starting in middle school, but the the difference comes is like like middle school, kind of the beginning of adolescence. They really start challenging anything, especially that their parents or their leaders kind of say that that whole thing of like an adult's an adult, and I respect and I listen to them. Now starts becoming no, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to challenge that, or I'm going to call you on something that you said, but then it was opposite. Yeah, and and I find that that starts increasing seventh, eighth grade. But then by the time you're in high school, it's a lot they, they feel a lot more open to be like, no, <laughs> yeah. I don't agree with you. Or I'm and that that pushback kind of grows a little bit. And I guess part of what parents are probably hearing when they're saying this, because there's probably somebody in their car right now saying, Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is is what do you do with that change? So I mean, do you guys have thoughts that you would coach parents on, like like within that piece? You're smiling, Ryan. So I feel like you have something to say. Um yeah, I was that that.
2: Um, kid in high school where I was this young type a personality leader, football was life, grew up in Folsom, go Bulldogs, um, all of that. But here's what, here's the difference. And even a dangerous, if parents aren't set up to have a community to help them through that is we are on that. We are all naturally rebellious. We're fallen humans. High school is when, and middle school in the beginning, but then high school is when there starts to be thinking to their rebellion. You know, there's a challenge of thought, not just a challenge of action where my mom and dad said not to do this. I'm not going to do so. I'm going to do it. They're actually thinking, I don't agree with you, so I'm not going to do it. (laughs) You know, there's a processing to it, which can be dangerous, but it can be an important time in life of development, Uh, of development, of them learning how to communicate effectively and all that. So that's why I'm thankful in high school. um, I did have a safe place um, with my parents, specifically with my mom where I kept nothing from my mom and I made a lot of bad decisions. Um, and I kept nothing from her because she was a trusted ear. Even though I knew there would be consequences, it still was a safe place Yeah. Um, to say when I disagreed and say uh, when I did something that I shouldn't have done and all of that. So I think creating those lines of dialogue instead of a, it's uncomfortable and I'm mad at you so I can't talk to you about it um, sort of thing. So you're grounded, and go away um, sort of thing. I think there can be more effective ways of creating those open-ended communication because one things I hear over and over again about this preteen and teenage generation is they are desperate to be heard. Yeah. So I Absolutely. think if they get a chance to be heard, I think it's a positive thing. It doesn't mean they're right. It just means like they know they have a voice, which they do.
1: Yeah. And that's where parents have to practice the same listening skills and communication skills that they teach adults in the workplace, which is, hey, listen to what they're really saying. Be able to repeat back to them. Don't don't put on the parent hat so large that it's like a pope hat that you're like, no, I'm not going to listen to what you're going to say, and my word is the final word. And you know, yeah. you have to you have to start treating them with that that, and it's going to sound weird, but mutual respect and and. An openness to go. I'm gonna actually listen to what you're saying and then address you in the way that you need to be heard. So,
2: I'm already scared, and I have a four year old and a two year old. Yeah.
1: Well, my kid, <laughs> I, I know there's a lot of parents that, you know, like I have, you know, a 12 and nine and a half and five and a half, and that like sometimes you're seeing this stuff happen at five and nine, and you're like, middle school and high school is going to be so hard it's going to be well, worst. so worst.
2: Pastor Matt, if I could ask you a question then, because you're the one here who actually is the parent of a middle schooler. What's something that you've seen um, in your family with the dynamics of having a middle school student going through the normal middle school preteen pubescent of their life.
1: I may or may not be giving examples with some of these leading questions because they are actual things that are <laughs> happening in the group. Yeah. So, uh, so some of what we were just talking about about the the questioning and developing those type of pieces and the things that you were talking about with play versus um, that that purpose and growing into that. Right. I mean, that's one of the things I enjoy watching is that right now it's still play. It's still I'm I'm gonna live in the being a kid. Because I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna continue to grow, but this is, this is like who I am right now, and not not making those leaps prematurely, um, right. Or because everyone else is like, there's a pressure too, and that is where the friend groups of kids make make such a big difference. That you know, like. I you know, as as pastors, we always are saying that that term bad company corrupts good character, you know, like and and I mean, like it is funny to watch that the more you're around people socially and community-wise and going, No, it's true. Like, like who people are around definitely affects the decisions they make, the way they form their identity. And so like it's been great to watch, you know, at least at least with our with our kids, that the friends that they're around. Have have definitely set the tone, and then our kids have sometimes set that tone for their friends. Amen. And so, so which is a which is a praise. So, we probably have time for one more question, right? Sure. Let's uh, what? Let's uh, let's look at these, and uh, um, I'm gonna say, uh, what do you think, Ryan, about the stereotype or the assumption that middle school middle school students are all immature and wild? And 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 I'll add to it. How much? How should parents approach? That stage with those assumptions. So, like, this is now for parents that might have kids coming into middle school, and they go, no, "They're just so wild and immature." What What do you say about that? Because you're 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 in the midst of it on a constant basis. Insights, um, wisdom. Yeah
2: i I have no idea what I'm doing. They're terrifying. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I my thing about that is because. I've heard stuff like that, even in the youth ministry realm, not trying to be that guy who's saying I've been doing it for this long, but in the 14 years that I've gotten to serve and do youth ministry, I've heard it more than once, even since being about Bridgeway, by different regional leaders. Like they'll jokingly say things like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Things like that. And I just, um, because I hear that immaturity thing, And it just, it kind of makes me mad because I'm protective of these students and the place that they're at. First, not to get preachy, but Jesus was 12 when he spoke in the temple, you know, all of that stuff. But what I love about middle school students is they still have this childlike faith thing. So if we can send them from the place of keeping that, like Cliff's talking about, like when he tells them in the first couple months, keep this excitement, keep this energy, keep this joy. It's a big deal, and I think culture, even in church culture, uh, we do a disservice to these students to tell them quit being immature. What do we expect? They're kids. They just got done with elementary school. They're good at playing at that point, kind of experts, because they're at the end of their time, they're at playing, and then we go, oh, now they're immature, and we want them uh, to grow up. What do you really expect? Yeah. That immaturity is actually a blessing. Yeah. Uh, You know, because they feel these pressures all around them, you tell a student to grow up too much and they end up growing down and digging a hole and kind of creating these yeah. walls around themselves, mm. if they're not allowed to be exactly where they're at today and stop worrying about someday. Um, I, I say this, it's an equation I came up with whenever I'm talking with parents and they love it because it says it's true and I feel like it's my role as a middle school pastor and yours too, Cliff, as a high school pastor, it's this equation about this season of the immaturity and the wild and all of that and it's why it makes Sense, Uh, passion minus wisdom equals chaos. So um, it feel every time I bring that up to a parent, they're like, "That's it's chaos. You're right. (laughs) You know all of that." But if you think about it, if we can help them run after biblical passion instead of just worldly knowledge or a maturity uh, based on the world and structures and all that, if we can give them um, and lead them in biblical wisdom. I want them to keep that passion because wisdom plus passion is a calling. Yeah. Um, It's a calling. So if we can send them from middle school uh, to Cliff still zealous with their heart for God's going to use me. He's going to use me today, not someday. One of my one-liners that you guys know far too well. (laughs) Uh, I I just, it just makes me not angry because I get it. Because I was scared of middle schoolers in my early years of, youth ministry. I was like, can't you guys, you know, you guys are just gonna have to grow up because I'm going to preach cool to the high schools, but cool doesn't take courage. Calling does. Amen. So Amen. Uh, helping them realize that that passion that they have, they were never supposed to let it go. Um, but when they add wisdom, godly wisdom to it, it can be used for a great, incredible thing. And I, I want to send kids that way instead of being like, oh, they're just immature. And my thing is, What do you expect? You'd be immature for thinking and expecting something different. So we need to step in and help raise them up instead of tearing them down with language like that.
0: Yeah, and expecting middle schoolers to be middle schoolers. And and nothing less, nothing more. But just if they make the decision or be crazy, well, they're a middle school. They're going to be that. They're going to be crazy. Yeah. As simple as that.
1: And and knowing at the same time that that like – that they can often rise above some of the expectations at the right time and in the right place. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where sometimes as parents, like when, when we think that that's all it is and and you have to kind of go to that baseline, we then go, no, but there's times when I can, I can call them to step up and, and they're going to function at that little bit of a higher level. Yeah. But, but it doesn't mean that it takes away their, Hey, I'm still going to be who I am that age and still having some of that immaturity. but, I think a lot of parents know. You guys know that there's there's students sometimes that you meet them and you're like, you have like already risen past that almost sometimes faster than other people, or you've you've uh, stepped up for this season because of what's going on in your life or what's going on in the day. You know, um, whether it's tragedy that's happening in the family and they step up, or yeah. it's or it's they realize at that moment that they can they can talk about something at a much you know, greater level. Cause I, there was, there was one student, especially in New Zealand, that was a middle schooler that he was like super, um, super keen to grow. And I was always surprised that like, he really was ready to be taught at a high school level, even though he was like sixth grader. <laughs> and I was like, Hadley, you are like so distinctive. And then there, then I watched other students notice that. And they also rise into that at different times. And so it's like, kind of like, uh, there's, there's times and seasons within all that. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. I agree. Stamp of <laughs> approval. I you, got a stamp of approval? You got a stamp of approval. What it's stamp like did I Jesus get? Jesus is like raising his hands and he's giving you a high five. Wow. On a stamp.
1: I, that's pretty epic.
0: Yeah. Well done.
1: I want more stamps. Yeah. The, Ryan's our guest. He
0: should get like <laughs> triple stamps. Ryan Ryan gets a stamp of Jesus raising one hand and giving you a high five. Oh. But then with <laughs> the other hand, he's giving you a taco. <laughs>
2: well, well, to speak the generation that we're ministering to and talking about, Cliff. Weird flex, but okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Eat, yeet, yeet. 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 Well, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of Engaging Parenting. We love having these conversations about helping parents and even non-parents understand the lives of teenagers just a little bit more. Uh, Again, as always, if you have any questions, please email us at ask at bridgeway.church. And uh, we'd love to talk to you more about this topic. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.